0: Good morning. Welcome home, family. It's good to see everyone here with, with us, worshiping on this fine Sunday morning. We are continuing our series, going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses uh, 11 through... Uh, not 11, sorry. <laughs> I don't even know where I am. Uh, verses... Uh, 12, 13 through 16. Woo. Uh, in a moment, so if you want to open up your Bibles to that, you can. Uh, be, before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, thank you so much for today when we can gather together to hear your word. When we can gather together to praise your holy name as your people. Lord, we lift up this time. We just pray that as we read and hear, as we Look at what you have to say to us through your word that we can see you, know you, respond to you. Lord, I just pray that you enlighten the minds of our hearts so that we can be your people, that we can truly love you as you should be loved. Lord, I just pray for this time that we can be your people as we sit under your word, can cling to you in happy times and bad times, and sad times and joyful times, that we can cling to You because we know who You are and Your love for us. That You define us. That You care for us and provide for us. That You reveal Your truth for us again and again. That You have saved us through the sending of Your Son. Lord, we love You and we seek You. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have a I have a little daughter who's six years old and she gets excited about some things and she doesn't understand how when people have conversations that you don't interrupt them, but so she always runs up when she just has something on her mind and she says, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I need you to tell you something, let me tell you something until you acknowledge her and say, Okay, you can tell me something. But that's just how she is. She wants to tell you stuff. When she's excited about something or something's on her mind or I think maybe you have a passion thought that's kind of scurried across her brain. She wants to tell you it. This is how she is. She's wired to tell you what she's excited about. And actually that's all humanity. All of us are natural evangelists because when we get excited about something we tell people about it. When we're excited about something we just can't help but bring it into conversation. Now, I wait a while because they will tell you they do CrossFit, right? Because that's just what it happens. When people are excited about it, when they're part of a community, when they're doing something, they naturally tell you about it. We're natural evangelists. When we care about something, when we're passionate about something, when we've seen the good of something, when it's impacted our life in a positive way, we naturally turn around and we want to communicate that to others. And I see this call to be who we're called to be when we see good and communicate it to others in First Thessalonians chapter two, verses thirteen through sixteen. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there and we'll just read this together and we'll see what this has to say to us. Picking up in verse thirteen, it says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us. You accept it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displease God and oppose all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved last. There's a few verses there, but we see this truth that the Word of God transforms us. When you read here, this is what Paul brings. He's talking about how he's coming to the Thessalonians, and he's preaching them, proclaiming the gospel, the word of God, and they received it as such that this word of God transformed them. It took some people who did not believe in who God was, who did not believe in who Jesus was, and made them God's people, so much so that they start to imitate the people of God. God. They start to look at the other people of God, there's churches in Judea, and imitate them, follow them, because they followed God. It changed who they were. And that's actually what the Bible shows us again and again throughout his whole history, is that the Word of God makes his people. Before, there were no people of God, but when the Word shows up, it draws people to God, and he, they become his people. The Word of God showed up to Abraham and made him his people. Again and again, we see this throughout the whole Bible. The word of God shows up and draws people to God and he makes them his people. And we see the same thing in the New Testament when the word of God was proclaimed in these cities as Paul and the other missionaries went around. They proclaimed the word of God and people who were people and they were forever changed. The word of God transforms us. When we're talking about the Word of God, Sinclair Ferguson, a a Presbyterian pastor, puts it like this, it's God's personal communication to us as a life-restoring and transforming goal and view to bring light to our darkened minds and faith to our dead hearts. I love that because that is showing or speaking about what the truth of God's Word and how it transforms us. It brings light to our darkened minds and it brings faith to our dead hearts. The word of God transforms us. As we read in 1 Thessalonians here, Paul says he's thanking God constantly. Why? For when they showed up and they started proclaiming the word of God, the people received it as the word of God. It's the word of God. It comes from God. It's not the word of men. He's actually putting them in in kind of a, a... juxtaposition against the word of man. It's not a, a philosophy that they came to preach. It was not this idea that they kind of developed on their own. It was not just some good principles that they could put in effect in their life. It was not ten, a couple of steps to help them get a better life. It wasn't anything that man devised, but it was actually from God. And that's what Paul in the New Testament, that when people preach, they were not preaching their own thoughts. They were not preaching their own kind of musings upon the the structure of the world, but they came to proclaim what God had said. We see this in, in uh second Peter chapter one, verse sixteen through twenty-one it says, For we did not follow, for we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we've made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice, very voice from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain, and we have the prophetic word more, co- more fully confirmed, to which we do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That when people came to proclaim the truth of who God was, they did not speak cleverly designed myths. They spoke the very word of God to people. If you think of that, that's Paul's ministry when he, he talks about it here in First, Thess- First Thessalonians, but he also sp- I did not come with fancy words. I came to proclaim Christ and him crucified. The word of God proclaimed to people so they could respond. Well, when we think about the word of God, what do we think about? When I say, hey, it's the word of God I proclaimed, when we think about the word of God, what comes into our minds? I'm betting for most of us, when we think of the word of God, we think of this right here, the Bible, right? That's what I think about. I think about the scriptures, that this is the God's word given for us. And that's true. As this is the word of God given to us. And that's by reading this and ingesting this and knowing it, we actually change because we see who God is. We see his love displayed for us. We see how he has orchestrated history so that we can respond to who Jesus is and how he saves us. The word of God. And in the context here, we know that when he came to proclaim the word of God, it is actually the gospel. Supported by the Old Testament scriptures, but it's the gospel of who Christ is. For we just look back in verse 9, and, and Paul was saying this. He says, hey man, for we remember you, you brothers, our labor and toil. For we work night and day that we might not be a burden for any of you Why we proclaim to you the gospel of God. That he was showing them what the word of God is. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ revealed for people. That the word of God is a powerful thing. It changes people. If you ever struggled with something and wondered why I cannot change, and we you tried, and maybe you've gone through other things, and you might might do better for a little bit, but then you backslide, and you're wondering what is going on in your life, you realize the fact that we can't really change who we are from our own power. We can't. We might try, we might do well for a while, but we can't make lasting change. But the truth is that it's God's Word, His power, at work in our lives that changes us from the inside out. And when we think about God's Word and its power, as Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, how this is, this is God's that every scripture is breathed out by God and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting and training and righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's speaking about how when we, are, we see and adjust and we know the word of God, it changes us. It's useful for everything we need in our lives to follow God so we should approach it as the Word of God. That when we receive the Word of God, we know it. That as Sinclair Ferguson says again, that if Scripture said it, then God said it. Because it's the Word of God. I love how there's these, there's these had great ministries, but they recognize that it's not them that does it, but it's the Word of God. Charles Spurgeon was, was is sometimes called the Prince of Preachers. He had a gigantic church in London back in the, in the late 1800s and he, people flocked to hear him, but he would say this is the, the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion all you have to do is let the lion loose and the lion will defend itself. But he recognized that the word of God is what's working. His job was just to let it loose. Then you think of Martin Luther, who this great reformer who started the the Protestant Reformation, who totally changed the form of history, really. And when he looks back upon his ministry, what would he say? He says, I simply taught, preached, wrote God's word, otherwise I did nothing. The word of God did it all. That's the truth of the word of God, is that when we look, and what Paul brings to the Thessalonians when we look at what we should be bringing to people or what we be receiving is this fact that we receive and look at the Word of God that changes lives. The Word of God transforms us. So when we look at this passage again, Paul speaks and says, hey, we think God not as the Word of men but what it really is, the Word of God, which is at work in you, believers. that The Word of God is at work in believers. It's at work in us. If it's true that we accept what is brought to us through Scripture, and in this case what is brought through the apostles, this Word of God, the truth of who Jesus Christ is, is at work in us. Is that work in us to make us God's people? Is that work in us to conform us to the image of the Son? Is that work in us to bit by bit transform us from the inside out to take a, a sinner in rebellion against God and transform them into a saint worshiping and serving a living God? The Word of God is at work in us. Which means when we think about our Christian life, we come to the Word of God, we must realize it's enough. So often we look around and say, well, we need something else. Maybe we need a high experience, or maybe we need some more knowledge, or maybe we need a little bit of this or a little bit of that. No, what the Word says, no, the Word is at work in us. The Word is enough. It's all we need. It contains everything we need for life and salvation. It contains everything we need to live godly before our holy God fusing that points. Overall, the message it gives us is clear. We can understand it. We can process it. We can absorb it. We can follow it. It is clear. And if you believe that this is the Word of God, we also know that it's necessary that we need it. On our own, we don't know God, but when the Word of God breaks into our life, we can respond to it, and we need it. Because the Word of God transforms us. Which makes us ask, or makes me ask, is this us? Do we truly see Scripture as the Word of God? Do we truly see the Word of God as what it is? That that This is the foundation. This is the standard. This is what we follow. This is what we should be listening to. This is what we should be basing our life on. Do we truly see it as the Word of God and not just of men? Do we truly see it as something that we are given from God to respond with? The believers here in in Festonica uh, received what Paul proclaimed as the very word of God and so followed it so much so that they were changed. They received it and followed it. Do we do the same when we receive the word of God? And this word of God was proclaimed by Paul I love this word of God. He says, which you heard from us. That Paul knows that he is the the herald for this, that he came proclaiming the word of God. He came delivering to them what God wants them to know about the truth of the universe, the truth of who he is, the truth of salvation in Jesus Christ. But they had to hear it because someone had to go and deliver it to them. That when we think about the Word of God, is the truth is that someone has to proclaim it. Romans 10 puts it like this, How will then they call upon Him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in Him and who they have never heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching? That people need to proclaim the Word of God so people can respond to the Word of God. Of God. It has to be proclaimed. I already mentioned verse 9 where it talks about how Paul came delivering the gospel. And when you look at the, the language there at the end, why we proclaim to you the gospel of God, this proclaim is, is really a word that carries the sense of heralding. If you guys know what a herald is, if you like you know, high fantasy books, maybe I like them like me, or, do you like, or like medieval times. A herald is a messenger from a king, right? They would walk into usually a public space delivering news people. They're delivering what has happened, Del- delivering facts of what the king is doing. That is what a herald is. And actually what is What someone proclaiming the truth of God is as well, is that they're a herald of what God has done. And so when Paul is saying here, we proclaim the gospel of God, he's saying we herald this truth, that they came into the city of Thessalonica and they declared, God has done this. That's actually the gospel, the good news of it, is that when we declare to people, we're not saying, hey, you must do this. No, what we're saying is, God has done this. You were lost in darkness and sin. You were rebels without a cause. You were spitting in the face of God Almighty, and your destiny was death, doom, destruction. That's who humanity is apart from God. But we get to come and proclaim the glorious truth, but God. While you are still sinners, God demonstrates his love For you in this, by sending his son to die for you. We proclaim the gospel of God, that Jesus Christ has taken all of God's people's sin upon him, upon that cross. That's true for you as well. We proclaim the gospel of God. I love using the word proclaiming because sometimes when we think, hey, the word of God has to be proclaimed, we automatically switch to preaching. That somehow you have to be some, like, like me up here preaching. That's what proclaiming the gospel is. No, proclaiming the gospel is heralding the truth. And that happens wherever you are. That you can be in the coffee room at your job and someone is lost and needs hope and you can proclaim with gentleness and love the truth of who Jesus is. That you can be talking to your neighbor, and they can be talking about the woes of their life, and you can speak into your life the truth of who God is. That they're looking for fulfillment in all these places that don't give them fulfillment, and they just need to look at their Maker, who's provided a way in which they can have satisfaction and fulfillment through Jesus Christ. And when we take it out of that, con- that, that uh, many context of we thinking it's just preaching, we realize, wait, this is a call for all Christians that we proclaim the gospel of God to all who need to hear. We need to proclaim it. Because that's how God works. He expects people to take his word to the people to make them his people, to have them respond to him. He selects prophets. He selects these people to stand in place for him, to speak on his behalf, to be his voice for them. When we look in the New Testament, we see Jesus operating the same way. He selects his disciples and sends them out from 12 to 72. Then there's 120 up in the the upper room in, in the beginning of Acts. And we see him actually sending these people out to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand to proclaim this truth of who he is. And what we see when right before Jesus ascends into heaven after his resurrection in Acts eight, what did he say? He looks upon them and says, hey, you are going to be my witnesses through all of Jerusalem and Judea and to the very ends of the earth. You're going to be my witnesses, meaning you're going to proclaim the truth of who I am. When we see some of his last words to his followers, this is a great commission. Therefore now go and make disciples of every nation, Teach Him to everything I have have commanded you. I forgot the part about baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But you do that too. You claim that truth of who Christ is. It's how God works. We proclaim the truth of who He is. How many of us, I'll put myself right in that, they need to know Jesus. How many of us all of a sudden get tongue-tied, maybe a little shy. Like, oh, maybe next time when this comes up I can bring up Jesus. How many of us kind of, kind of shriek away from this responsibility to proclaim the Word of God? I've, I've shamefully done it too often. But the truth is, humans are natural evangelists. And if we truly believe, who God is, and we truly believe our predicament of being lost in sin, if we truly believe that Jesus has saved us, not because of anything we've done, but because of Him. Not because of our goodness, but because of His mercy and grace. If we truly believe that, and we truly believe that now, because we're believers and we have the Holy Spirit, we have what we need to proclaim the truth of who God is. If we truly believe that, shouldn't we be proclaiming that? The prophet Jeremiah de- describes this as a fire in his bones. In Jeremiah 20, verse 9, he talks about how when he kept silent, there was a fire in his bones consuming him because he had to proclaim who God was. The truth of who God is. Being awed by his mercy and love being changed from the inside out, knowing the truth of God and His Word that has transformed us, we should now be turning towards others and proclaiming that truth. We should be like Paul and Silas and Timothy, that were all here in Thessalonica, proclaiming the truth of God, proclaiming His Word. And we should all be ready. Because of that, I actually was watching the video and. Uh, apparently you can order or sign up people to receive visits by Jehovah Witnesses. And so if we have your uh, address, I've signed everyone up <laughs> to receive some visits. I'm joking. <laughs> Except for Lane, I signed him up. <laughs> so, I'm joking. But what, I mean, if that was true, how would you feel all of a sudden? Probably pretty mad and inconvenience, right? But is that how we should feel? Too often sometimes we make the excuse. I make the excuse. I live in the, tr- the church world bubble too often. Uh, I, don't, I don't know people who don't believe. How, who am I going to proclaim the gospel to? I can make sure you get some people to proclaim, proclaim the gospel to. Look around. We live in a world that's fastly seeming to be running with all speed away from here, the gospel of God. And I don't want to guilt anyone because I, I struggle with this as well. I am I'm an introvert. I don't. Freely strike up conversations with strangers. It's not who I am. But yet, we're called to be ready to share our faith. We're called to proclaim the truth of who God is. We're supposed to have that passion because we've seen the value of it and we know people need it. We should be called to proclaim the gospel. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready because actually when we start proclaiming the gospel, as Paul says here, hey, you're going to go and experience the same things that the Jews, uh, that the, the original apostles experienced, that Jesus Christ himself experienced. You're going to experience persecution. Now, thankfully, we live in a country that there's not going to be riots and kicking us out anytime soon. But what Paul says here, hey, you actually became imitators of the gospel and you, you actually experienced the suffering that we have experienced, that we, are, we get this opposition against the truth so much so that people riot, so much so that we have to flee. He says you should be ready that when you actually start proclaiming the gospel, we should be ready for people to push back against us. If we start proclaiming the gospel, we actually should be ready for the enemy to push back against us. That when we bring a light to a dark place, guess what? The darkness tries to push that light out. But we're called to proclaim it and to be a weird statement about how the wrath has finally come on them at last. But what that's pointing to is the fact that he knows that Jesus is coming back. And he knows all wrongs are going to be made right. And he knows that everyone's going to get what they deserve, except for the Christian, because we don't get what we deserve. Praise be to God. And he knows that to be true. And because he knows how the end is, he can stay steady, and people can stay steady. We can be say steady in the meantime. No matter what comes against us as we proclaim the Word of God because we know that the Word of God transforms His people. It transforms us. But this also means we and others have to receive the Word of God. When Paul is talking here to the Uh, Thessalonians, he says this, hey, you have received the word of God, which you accepted as the word of God. They received it. They accepted it. They put their belief, their trust uh, in it. They put it into practice in their life. They actually received the truth of who Jesus was and said, that is true. We believe it to be true. Now we're going to live in accordance to it which is a reminder for all of us who take upon their name of Jesus Christ upon ourselves, thinking we're believers, is this us? Do we truly pray it into our lives? Is the word of God what guides us and directs us? Is it the standard by which we live? Is it what we filter through everything, everything that comes into us through? That's what it means to actually accept it as the truth, as the word of God. And that when we do that, when people accept it as true, it gets to work in their lives. We start imitating those who have come before us. That we actually start living as Christians. That we actually start changing how we respond to the world. That we start changing how we treat others. We start changing how we organize our family. We start changing how... We go about life because we put it at work in our lives and we start imitating what it means to be a Christ follower. What it also means is that when we accept the Word of God as the Word of God, that we're ready to endure anything that comes our way. That if we face persecution, we're ready to it for it because we cling to the Word of God and know this is true. And so no matter what it looks like in the world and the storms we're facing, we can cling to this and know who God is. That when we face pushback from our society, or pushback from a friend group, or pushback even from families in the future, and so it keeps us steadfast right now. And through all of this, as we hold fast to the word of God, we have our hope in Christ. Knowing that the word of God reveals the truth of the gospel. The word of God reveals the truth and love of Christ. The word of God reveals the very good news that he saves us in spite of ourselves. We hold fast to that and hope for that we receive it. Let's receive the word of God. Pick it up and receive it as his word and forever be changed. Because the word of God Transforms us. So when we read this passage, these these short little four verses, what are we supposed to take from it? Well, for these things that we trust God's word. That when we pick up the Bible and when we read it, when we pick up. God's Word and we read it to ourselves, when we process this as a community of faith, we actually trust it, we believe it. We don't say, oh, that's a nice thought. Oh, that's some good, helpful, moral stories to set my life right. We don't say, oh, (laughs) if only, right? He has spoken to us, that He has given us His truth, and at the core of it, we see His love. That He wants us to know Him. He wants us to follow Him. He wants us to be His. And if we knew the Word, we would know Him. If we knew the Word, we would see Him. We would know Him personally. We would know His love. We would know His character. We would know how He has saved us through Christ. And so we should look at the Word of God and know it, trust it, build our life on it. Be that our foundation. That when anything comes into our life that speaks a different word, we filter it through the word of God. That is, is what we look to, it is what we trust. And if that's true, then we proclaim it. How however you're wired, however you built, you proclaim it. You simply, with love and respect, you proclaim who Jesus is for people to respond to. Now this does not mean you take the word of God and you smack your coworker over the face with it. No, it means that you love people. You speak the truth with love and gentleness, so they can see it and respond to it. Then when you see people running for off the cliff of destruction, you go any further without me saying something. Then when we see our brothers and sisters being tempted by the outside or tempted by some other ways of thought or tempted by some other ways of living, we have the courage to actually say, hey, remember what you believe. Remember what God has proclaimed to you. That we proclaim it wherever we see we have to proclaim it. And sometimes fundamentally, that starts with ourselves first. And when you wake up in the morning and you're feeling down, when you wake up in the morning and you're thinking about mistakes you made, when you wake up in the morning and you're thinking, man, my life is pointless, there's nothing going on, we proclaim the Word of God to ourselves first, about how He loves us and how He cares for us, the truth of how He has saved us, not because we were worth saving in the first place, but because of His love. Because He loves us, we now become lovable to Him we proclaim the word of god to ourselves and so it allows us now as a fellow sinner to sinners proclaim the word of god to them that we preach as dying men to dying men and women we proclaim it and just like paul saw this church in change So often, I mean, I can get this. I can be pessimistic. You proclaim the word and you expect nothing to happen. But that's not true because when we proclaim the word of God, we know it's at work. And so we should expect change. We should expect people to respond to it. We should expect ourselves to respond to it. And we expect change in our lives and other people's lives as we proclaim the word of God and they respond to it. We expect the gospel to be true, not just as facts, not just as good ideas, but true as actually people change. Then we look upon, around our brothers and sisters and we say, yeah, I actually know who you once were, and you're no longer that. The gospel has been at work, and we pray and hope that people can look at us that have known us a lifetime and can say, hey, I know who you once were, and you are no longer the same. Why? Because we expect God to be at work in us through his word, through his community. And through all of this, And through the ups and downs of life, we hold fast to that word. And we hold to it and we don't let go. Because I don't know if you know this yet, life can be difficult. Things don't go like you planned. And in the midst of the ups and downs, hold fast. In it we know his heart. In it we know the truth of the gospel. In it we know how he has saved us and we hold fast to it because in it we know that glorious truth that we're in the middle of the story and he's coming back and we hold fast to that hope. We hold fast that this is not the end, that there is goodness to come, greatness to come, and everything will be made right. Hold fast to it, because the Word of God transforms us to be His people. Join me in prayer. Dear Father, thank You so much for Your Word. That we can read it, we can know it, we can respond to it. That You truly have changed us because of Your truth. That You truly have provided us everything we need for life and godliness. Lord, I just pray that we can be Your people in all that we do, in all that we believe, in all that we operate, that we can respond to you, love you, know you. And I pray that this means that we seek you through your word, that those of us that might have struggled with it in the past, those of us who may be struggling right now about being in your word, we pick it up, we read it, we know you through it, so that we can be your people, ready to live for you.